Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. This week's theme is all about stress and overwhelm. Why? Well, because I'm getting a lot of feedback from a lot of business owners out there right now where they are feeling completely overwhelmed. And they have done now for potentially a number of weeks and it's starting to really weigh down on them. Some people have been feeling this way for months since the beginning of lockdown. I get it. The truth of the matter is we had our systems and processes, our ways of working, It might not have been perfect, but it was something we were used to, we were accustomed to, and it was working for us. And maybe it could have, you know, used a little bit of improvement here and there, but suddenly it was ripped away from us. And suddenly what was ordinary life was no longer ordinary. And, you know, the lockdown brought many gifts with it. There's no question when we reflect back over lockdown that there was much to learn about how we live our lives and, you know, that deep inner reflection that many of us have had to go through over those months. However, it also brought some stress, pressure. It brought in some new headaches and new problems to solve. People with young children suddenly found themselves homeschooling as well as trying to run their business. If you work from home, then suddenly not only are you working from home, but suddenly your kids are home from school. And on top of that, you've also maybe got your partner that's working from home as well. Maybe they've been furloughed. And suddenly, you know, you're trying to run your business and you're trying to run it from home like you always used to, but there's this chaos, there's this hecticness around you that you're just not used to. Maybe you have an office and instead of being able to go to your office, you've had to work from home. And once again, everybody maybe is also at home. Different working practices. You're used to going out, meeting clients face to face, and suddenly you've been burdened with having to make it work through Zoom or over the telephone or find some other way of connecting with your audience. You're used to going networking and getting your fix of people. All you extroverts out there, I know it's been such a challenging time for you to lose that connection to the outside world that fuels you so much in terms of your own energy. For introspective people, for introverts, myself included, it hasn't been too bad. It's been quite nice. I I live in a cave at the best of times. I'm not massively sociable. I do miss my groups. I do miss meeting my members. I don't have a massive social life. So actually, for me, it hasn't been that difficult. I've quite enjoyed it. It's almost been a, a rejuvenating experience working from home on my own and not going out and being with other people. But for some of you, I know it's been really tough. So all your routines have been disrupted. Your environment's disruptive. How your work's been disrupted. Maybe how you communicate and connect with clients has been disrupted. Your friendships have been disrupted. Going to the gym where you used to go, that's been disrupted. Going to the pub and going out to the cinema has been disrupted. Going out for a meal, disrupted. Your holiday that was in place maybe from Christmas time, 
that you've been, you know, in anxiety over for the past six months, wondering whether or not you're going to get to go. Maybe you had a trip you've had to cancel and reorganize, and you're wondering if that's going to go ahead. Maybe you've canceled your travel arrangements, and you're waiting for the airline to repay you the money that is due. Maybe you've got staff that are currently furloughed and you're wondering whether or not you should bring them back off furlough now, whether you should ease them back in temporarily or to a lesser degree or whether there's people you might have to let go. Nine million people currently sitting on the furlough scheme. You know, there's going to be a degree of those that aren't going to have jobs to come back to. Do you employ people and potentially do you not have jobs for those people in October to bring them back to? Have you had your distribution disrupted? Your sales channels disrupted? I know people who are product companies and they can't get hold of the raw ingredients they need in order to make their products. I know other companies that work closely with China and they can't get what they need shipped in from China. It's only starting to get moving now, but it's been closed down for months now since they had their problems. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I mean, running a business is overwhelming at the best of time. It's stressful at the best of time. I'll be honest with you, being a human being in the modern world can be stressful enough on its own. So it's not surprising that for many business owners, many people, but obviously I'm talking to you, the small business owner, many business owners are feeling stressed and are feeling completely overwhelmed. And even if they're not completely overwhelmed, they're just having that sense of that that overwhelm that hangs over them, that sits on their shoulders, it stops them relaxing, it stops them focusing, it stops them being disciplined with what they need to be doing because there's that constant distraction of what else needs to happen or what else needs their attention and their focus. So I thought, right, you know what? This week, we're going to be looking at overwhelm and stress. And today, we are specifically looking at overwhelm. If you are someone that's already identifying as having overwhelm, then obviously I probably got you at the title of this episode. But even if you're someone that doesn't necessarily think that you're struggling with overwhelm, then you still get a lot of value out of this because actually a lot of what we're talking about today is actually best practice. It's best practice for efficiency, for effectiveness, productivity, for focus, for discipline, and for removing levels of stress. And even if you're not that stressed, then of course, just removing the stress you do have is going to have benefits for you. The first thing I want you to acknowledge is that the overwhelm that you're feeling is purely inside of you. Now, that's not saying there's not things outside of you in your environment, pressures of work or family that are creating or triggering that experience. But it's really important to first and foremost understand that overwhelm is an experience. And therefore, if it's an experience, it must be purely inside of ourselves. The same as happiness and stress and everything else. They're happening inside of us. They're happening in us. They're not happening outside of us. Does this make sense? Now, obviously, I'm not naive enough to say that, therefore, there's not things outside of you that are making you feel overwhelmed. It's just acknowledging that it's a feeling of overwhelm that you're having. And therefore, it's really important that the first thing we do is separate our internal environment and our external environment. Now, I talk about this quite a lot, and specifically today, what I'm talking about is the internal experience of overwhelm and the external triggers of overwhelm. And it's really important to classify these two things because by the very nature of feeling overwhelmed, it can be really hard to start to pick apart. Anyone that feels overwhelmed, if I start trying to pick apart your overwhelm and say, well, what are you overwhelmed about? They're going to sit there and say, well, I don't know what I'm overwhelmed about. I'm over everything, everything I'm overwhelmed about. So, of course, 
if we can start to segment these out and start to get some distinction between the experience we're having inside of ourselves, and therefore that's something that we can work on within ourselves, and then the external factors that are triggering that experience inside of ourselves. So then we can work on the external factors, work on our external environment to help create a working practice or a working space that supports us having a less overwhelmed experience. So initially, just tune into that sense of overwhelm that you feel, or if you're not feeling it right this moment, if I've caught you at a relaxed moment in the bath, on the treadmill, taking the dog for a walk, then think back to when you felt overwhelmed and try and see what that overwhelm feels like. Try and experience it in isolation to the external triggers. So rather than feeling it in conjunction with the mass of work, the kids, the this, the that, the blah, 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 try and isolate any of the triggers, the external stuff, and just tune into the experience of overwhelm. And you'll realize it's a feeling that goes on inside of yourself. Once you can acknowledge the sensation of overwhelm, the feeling of overwhelm, then you start to realize that actually there's things you can do to enhance your experience of life. Just like stress or anger, doubt, fear, worry, all these things, we can help create an environment inside ourselves that has a better experience of life by first tuning into those emotions, those feelings, isolating those out. And there's things we can do to help ourselves to have less of that experience. Now, depending on your habits, depending on your belief systems, your cultural background, etc., there's different things you can do. For some people, going out, exercising can blow out some of that stress, some of that sensation of overwhelm. For some people, it's going to be meditation or yoga. For some people, it might be prayer. For some people, it might be exercise that's much more methodical. So going for a walk with the dog on your own without anybody else. It might be going for a cycle ride, these sorts of things, things that get you into a meditative kind of state. For other people, it might be practicing mindfulness, Buddhism. It doesn't really matter what you do as long as you find something that works for you, something that clears the mind, something that brings down that sympathetic nervous system that creates that feeling of stress and anxiety. Basically, anything that calms you down. For some people, it might be taking time out to write or to read. For some people, it might be taking a long hot bath. Whatever it is for you, understand that there's things in your toolbox that you have access to that you can do that are proven to you to bring you down from that state of overwhelm. There's only one part of it, so don't panic, because some people are going to sit there immediately and be thinking, well, it's all very well me taking a long, hot bath. It's all very well me going for a walk or a run or, you know, taking up meditation or doing prayers. But fundamentally, that's not going to get away from the fact that I've got my husband here, my kids are here, I've got four hours of homeschooling to do, one of my kids is sick, I've got 10 client meetings to do on Zoom, my internet's got, I get it, I get it, I get it, right? And that's the nature of overwhelm, is the fact that your mind will run to the next thing, the next thing. It's like trying to say to someone to calm down when they're already angry, okay? You're just going to make them more angry. So, you know, when you're feeling overwhelmed, the thought of taking half an hour out to meditate or half an hour out to do yoga or half an hour out to just walk in the woods, the fields, the streets, whatever, the thought of that can become even more overwhelming because the pressure that's firing off inside of yourself, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about stress, is saying, you know, more, faster, harder, we've got to do more, we've got to get more done, we've got this to do, that to do, this threat, that threat. And because of that, we 
find it more difficult to switch off. However, the truth of the matter is, you have to switch off. You have to be able to say, now this is this time. Now this is about X, Y, Z. But first and foremost, I want you to acknowledge what you can do physically, mentally, emotionally that has proven itself to you, either in the past or currently, to bring you down, calm you down, to clear your head. Get a list in front of you, get a list somewhere, make a mental note of it, but just know there are things you can do to de-escalate that sense of overwhelm. There's things you can do to relax your mind, relax you emotionally, and to clear your head. So that's one thing. We've got to take responsibility for our own experience. You know, we always tend to look externally because this is the nature of our evolution. It's the nature of our past, which is all of our threats come from outside. All of the pressures and the fears and the threats, they're all outside of ourselves. And the feeling, the emotion we're having internally is designed to stimulate the machine, the body, to take certain actions in order to rectify external situations. This is why we're so externally focused as human beings. However, we're smart enough, we've evolved enough, we have enough self-awareness that we can decipher and interpret the difference between external triggers and internal feelings. We can also determine the difference between an external trigger that triggers an internal feeling and make our own choices on what action to take. In our animal kingdom past, and if you look at your pets today, they don't have the ability to cognitively to make those choices. There's an external stimulus, they have a chemical reaction, we call them emotions, feelings, and then the unconscious drives the machine through that chemistry to take certain action to create an outcome based on the external trigger. So in other words, you get the dog bowl down out of the cupboard, that triggers your dog for food, the dog gets excited for food, it runs out into the kitchen, it's not making any choice in this. And actually today, most of us, even as human beings, most of what we're doing, we're not making any choices. Someone mentioned pizzas, you know, and it's like, ah, Homer Simpson pizza, chicken. Someone mentions a beer and you think, oh, I really fancy a beer. What's happened there is someone's triggered a thought that you didn't have, put it into your head. That's triggered an emotional response, which is now starting to drive chemistry to take action. In the case of someone talking about pizza, to go out and get pizza or to eat pizza, or to fancy pizza. And that might stick with you like a little worm that goes into your unconscious, and it might stay with you until that evening. And on the way home, you think, you know what, I want that pizza. This is how advertising works, right? They get into your head, they get into your brain, they stimulate a thought to trigger an emotion. What they're really trying to do is trigger that emotion all the time. If they can get you emotionally hooked, then that emotion might last long enough in you to go and take action to buy their product. Or it might dissipate in you after watching the advert, but then it's reignited when you're in a space. So in other words, you know, three, four days later, a week later, someone says, you know what, should we go and get takeaway? And instantly your brain says, you know what, pizza. And you don't know whether or not you would have wanted pizza had you or had you not had a conversation about pizza four days, five days a week early with someone else or seen the advert on TV with the beautiful piece of pizza with the cheese just melting off the top and it gets into your head. So it's really important to understand so much of what I'm talking about, about personal performance and in terms of making choices for ourselves, is to understand that most of what we're doing is unconsciously driven. It's driven by these chemical feelings, these behaviours that are triggered by our own chemical responses, our own emotional responses to triggers from outside of ourselves that we can be in control of, but 
Most of the time we're not because fundamentally, if you were constantly monitoring every thought and feeling you had and any impulses that you were having in any moment of any hour, any day, any week, you'd be so overwhelmed that you wouldn't possibly be able to function and do anything else. In fact, it's been measured that between 95 and 99% of everything that you're thinking, feeling and doing is unconsciously driven. In other words, you're not consciously making a choice to react, to respond, to do, to eat, to drink, what you're choosing. Most of what you're doing in life, thinking and feeling in life, is triggered from the unconscious. And sometimes it can come up spontaneously from within you, but a lot of the time, more often than not, it's triggered by something else. You start to feel hunger, that hunger triggers the unconscious, the unconscious then triggers another emotion to manipulate you to go and solve the problem of being hungry. You want somewhere to go at night, you're thinking about where to go at night, that's the problem that you might set yourself consciously, it goes into the unconscious, the unconscious then goes and triggers a, an emotional response, reaction designed to get you to take certain action. In fact, just take a moment to think, why are you doing what you're doing right now? You know, were you consciously listening to my words or are you unconsciously listening to my words? Are you present to what I'm saying now or were you drifting off thinking about something else? And if you were drifting off listening to something else, did you choose to do that or did it just happen to you? Now I'm talking to you about what you're doing. Are you becoming self-aware? Are you looking at how your hands are placed? How your legs are placed? How you're sitting or standing or walking or whatever you're doing right now? Become aware of what you're thinking. And ask yourself, was this a thought that I had myself or is this a thought that I'm now thinking that's triggered by something else? If I ask you what the colour of your door is, are you thinking about your door? Are you thinking what an idiot I am? Did you choose either of those thoughts or did they just come up? The truth is 95 to 99% of everything you think, feel and do is unconsciously driven. And most of your unconscious responses are either directly triggered by an internal thought of yours or by an external trigger an external set of circumstances or something else. Sometimes it's an internally created unconscious thought that triggers an unconscious emotional reaction to trigger you to take certain action to gain a certain outcome. And more often than not, we are passive in this whole process and we're sitting on top of this and we're thinking about the weather or we're thinking about work or we're thinking about something else or even doing some other task and all of this other stuff is happening in the background and it's only when we draw our attention to it that we realize this is going on all the time and you start to realize that so much of who you are and what you're doing is not of your choosing it's happening within you and then when we become self-aware we just gain the ability to turn our sight onto ourselves, into ourselves to see what's going on in us as opposed to just looking in the outside world. So I spent a long time talking about this because actually fundamentally our experience is an internal thing. Of course it is. And therefore, regardless of what's going on in the external world, we want to be able to maintain a degree of composure in the internal world. We want to be able to choose for ourselves how I feel in the face of what's going on outside of me. So if the world starts becoming hectic and overwhelming in the external world, you know, I want to be able to put that buffer up. I want to be able to choose for myself the experience I have. And a big part of that is my perception. So now you've got your tools for what you know have proven to calm you down, relax you, clear your head. 
Then you start managing your perceptions, your perceptions of the problem, your perceptions of the overwhelming trigger that's outside of yourself, the big stack of papers that needs to be done before you can finish the day, but you've still got to go and get the kids and sort the dinner out or whatever it might be. So now what you want to do is manage your perceptions. If you're sitting there now perceiving this stack of papers as, oh my God, look at all that. I've got to do all these papers. Oh, I was going to put me, that's going to be boring, tiring, hard work. I've got all this to do and that to do and whatever to do. It's overwhelming. So what happens is you have a perception of all this stuff going on. You then perceive it as overwhelming. Then of course what happens is you have an emotional reaction, which is one of overwhelm. Then what your brain's trying to do is your brain's trying to give you an emotional response to go out and solve the problem. So the sense of overwhelm is just when it becomes so overwhelming that the sensations that you're feeling are hard to decipher how to react and how to respond. The push and the pull of our emotions, the chemistry within us, that's trying to get us to solve certain problems and take certain actions and to complete certain tasks, to get certain outcomes, it's getting overwhelmed because it's getting pulled between too many things. If there's one job to do, no matter how big it is, it's less overwhelming than if you have 50 other things. If that one thing isn't just pretty big, but let's say that one thing is huge, then of course it can then start to become overwhelming. If someone puts in front of you a 24-ounce steak, you're going to probably find it quite overwhelming on your plate in front of you. Even though the first eight ounces you could eat no problem, you'll probably be overwhelmed before you even start to eat the steak because you're starting to preempt and predict the sheer scale of the task that's ahead of you. The same as if you've got this big stack of papers and it's a month's worth of work, you know, you can only do what you can do today, but you'll be overwhelmed before you even start today because you'll be predicting and preempting the scale of the work still ahead of you. It's a perception. So then we have to manage our perceptions. We have to realize that our perceptions are either giving us a good experience of life or they're giving us a negative experience of life. They're either being productive in helping us to respond and react in appropriate ways that get the job done efficiently and effectively and maintaining a good quality of life, experience of life for ourselves, or they're negatively impacting our performance and our ability to get the job done. And again, most of this stuff's happening unconsciously and therefore you are, inverted commas, a victim of your own perceptions and your perceptions you didn't choose because your unconscious is choosing how to see a problem and look at a problem based on your conditioning and your experiences of life so far. So now you're having a perception that you didn't choose, which is triggering a chemical reaction in you, which you didn't choose, to take action, which you're not choosing. The chemistry is giving us a experience of life, which we call feelings, again, of not of our choosing. So we're not involved in any part of this process. So we're passively sitting there in overwhelm. The system has broken down. So we need to get actively back involved in the system. The way we do that is we have to get in to our own perceptions of what life is. We have to, you know, have our head clear, get some space, and then we can start to think more clearly. And then we can start to think more productively about the problem that we're currently faced with. When we're just overwhelmed, it's just overwhelming, it's too much, and we can't think creatively to solve that problem. When I can think creatively to solve that problem, then I can start to manage the issue, start to manage the problem. I can start to maybe divvy up the work. I can start to prioritize the work, segment the work, outsource the work, 
I can start to be more productive when I'm doing the work. Because rather than thinking I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, I've got all that to do, all that to do, I'm just working on the next thing, the next part of the problem. When we're overwhelmed, it's like everything's trying to happen at once. It's like we're trying to solve everything at once, do everything at once, create everything at once. And we can't physically do it, but the unconscious doesn't really understand that. It's just reacting to the perception of the external trigger. And therefore, we can get involved in the process by becoming more self-determining in our perceptions of the external world, of our life, of these triggers. And that, again, can help us to manage the internal experience, which helps us get the clarity that we need, the calm, the space, the peace that we need in order to be able to creatively problem solve. And that takes us to the last part of the puzzle. The last part of the puzzle is removing the triggers, managing the triggers, solving those triggers. So if there is a massive pile of work that keeps piling up every day and there's 10 hours of work coming in and you've only got eight hours of work you can do because the kids and everything else, you've now got a problem which you've got a deficit of two hours of work that you can't get on top of and it keeps piling in. So when you're in overwhelm, you're just banging away like crazy, trying to do more, do faster, do harder. We'll talk a lot more about that when we talk about stress in the next episode. And you're not solving the problem. You're kind of trying to keep your head above water, but you're slowly drowning. And the more you drown, the more overwhelmed you are. The more overwhelmed you are, the more you shut down, the less you can perform, the less productive you are, and the bigger the problem becomes. And so it becomes so overwhelming, something pops. You shut down, you'll get sick, you'll get ill, you'll scream, you'll shout, you'll throw it out the window. You know, you'll just break down. So what we need to do is we need to now find that place of creativity by doing part one and part two of what we've already talked about. And then you need to start working out systems and processes and ways of working that enable you to be able to prioritize properly, to be able to allocate work better, to be able to decide what you should be doing, shouldn't be doing, what needs to be done, what doesn't need to be done to come up with new systems and processes that make you more efficient and more effective And you're simply not going to be able to do that from a place of overwhelm. If I say to you and you're completely overwhelmed, right, now, let's sit down and work out a systemized process for handling this input problem versus output productivity, right? You're going to scream at me, hit me, push me out the way because you want to just get on, get on, get on. So that's why it's so important that we have to do the internal work first so that we can then do the external work. And then once we do the external work, It makes it easier for us to have the internal experience that we want. Once we get on top of the external workflow, once we put in practice systems, processes, day plans, plans, strategies, a diary system, automated systems, once these things are in place, then we stop getting the overwhelming trigger because now things are taken care of. And when we realize that things are taken care of, we no longer have that sense of overwhelm. It's like putting a dam between this body of work And you, the dam is the systems and the processes that enable you to tackle this work in a systemized, productive way. You stop becoming overwhelmed. So you have to do the internal work so you can then create the external environment that supports you having the internal experience. So in other words, it becomes easier. Just like I said, how you get overwhelmed and the problem exasperates itself. It's the other way around as well. What happens is you start to solve the problem on the inside. You start to gain a better experience on the inside, which enables you to be able to more productively solve the problems in the external world, which makes it 
easier for you to have a calm, unburdened, unoverwhelmed experience, which gives you more access to the creative aspects of who you are, which means you can solve the problems better in the external world. So then things start to progressively get better as well. You won't be able to do everything in one go. This is about solving the problem over time. This is about taking the time out to find your calm, then managing your perceptions from that place, then being creative and productive in solving the real problems, which is the workflow issue, the environmental issues, helping you to have an internal experience of calm and peace and control. And suddenly the whole thing starts to become unoverwhelming. We start to solve the overall problem, which was the experience that you were fundamentally having. So you have an external problem, which you can't keep up with the pressures on the outside. The internal problem is I'm having this experience, which is not conducive to me solving the external problem. You have to solve both of these problems simultaneously, starting with the internal, starting with yourself first. I also want you just to think about how you're living your life. So I get it. I said to you before at the beginning of this, you know, you might be working from home now where you're used to working at a coffee shop or working at the gym or just working at your own office. And suddenly you're surrounded by your family, your kids, and, you know, you've got all these other overwhelming pressures in your environment. Maybe the TV's on in the background or, you know, maybe you're in the kitchen working, but your kids keep coming in for food or your husband or your wife comes in for tea and they distract you and all these sorts of things. So you also want to take a moment just to look at your lifestyle right now, look at your working environment right now, and look at how you can make that as beneficial to you as possible. Do you need to put some boundaries in place? Do you need to put some rules in place? Do you need to find somewhere else for you to work? Do you need to convert the garage or convert a back bedroom? Or do you need to put an out of bounds sign up on a door that says no one can come in here whilst this sign's up on the door? Do you need to go and work in a car? I know a very successful businessman right now, got an absolute house full of kids, and he literally goes out and works in his car for hours at a time. It's a great place. He's got a nice car. It's a luxurious place to hang out and work. It's one of the best offices he's ever had. So maybe you need to go and do that. Go and sit in your car. If you can't go to the coffee shop and you can't go outside because the weather's not good and et cetera, et cetera, whether other restrictions are in place at the time of your listening to this, maybe just finding that time to sit in your car and focus on your car, take a coffee out to your car like he does. He was out there the other day with an alcoholic drink one evening and he was working and he was out there having a whale of a time. So what is it you need to do now? You know, the, the world's going to change. The environment's going to change. Rules are going to change. We don't know exactly what they're going to be and how long they're going to last and stuff like that. So you've got to make the environment work for you right now. Many people started working from home in their kitchens and are already now, within a couple of months or so, starting to build home offices. It starts to become apparent that many people who are working from home won't be going back to offices anytime soon. There's whole corporates that aren't opening up HQs. They're saying, right, this is it. This is what we're doing from now on. If not forever, we're doing it for the foreseeable or we're doing it for certainly a, a, a number of months. So now you're starting to think, okay, so it was okay to just have a pop-up office in the kitchen. Now I need something a bit longer term that's going to serve me. So have a look at the external environment, have a look at the distractions and have a look at the pressures there and have a look at your personal diary as well and make life easier on yourself you know, stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to do everything. Realize that you can't do everything. Start prioritizing. Start becoming efficient. Start becoming effective. Start managing what it is you need to do, what you don't need to do, 
and then put these systems, processes, automations in place, outsourcing, whatever needs to be in place in order to solve this problem on a longer term basis. But it starts inside of you. It starts with an awareness that the emotion of overwhelm is inside of you. It's to realize that most of what you're experiencing has got nothing to do with you at all. You're not involved at all. And if you want to create a change of environment on the inside of yourself, you have to first start by getting involved in those processes, by looking at your thoughts, monitoring your perceptions, getting involved in how you see things, how you word things, how you're framing things in the outside world. Get yourself that place of calm. Tell yourself that you absolutely need some space to exercise, to walk, to yoga, to meditate, whatever you need to do to bring that sense of calm to yourself so that you can even start to begin to solve these real problems in the outside world. Nice one, guys. I hope that if you are feeling overwhelmed, that's really helped you. Um, obviously, you can't just fix things overnight. It is a process of creating the changes that I'm talking about. It's a process to create the, the new habits of perceiving the workload in different ways. And also, you know, having to manage your internal conflicts around feeling guilty about working too hard and guilty that you're not putting enough in the business. And am I being a good enough mum and dad? Am I giving enough to my business and all these sorts of things so it's not an easy fix however what I've given you there is a roadmap to get you to a point where you can start to get on top of that sensation of overwhelm and then start to get on top of the external triggers that are creating that sense of overwhelm in you as always thanks for taking this time to listen to what I've got to say I'm here I'm committed to helping small ambitious business owners get the quality of life they want, the quality of experience of life they want, and of course, creating the business success that they want. And what I believe they deserve, given the sacrifices they make, the effort they put in, the burdens that they take on, the risks that sit on their shoulders. If you are an ambitious small business owner and you haven't yet hit your first 100K in revenue, and you want to know what's it take to hit 100k per year in revenue and if you want to know what you need to do and what you can do in order to achieve that in the next 12 months or even less then get yourself on the six figure fast track this is a masterclass webinar it's free of charge it's waiting for you right now you can find that at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track also when you get there you'll find a link to some live sessions that we run similar content longer sessions, workshop sessions, interactive sessions. There's also a one-hour Q&A where I can get under the bonnet and really help you to solve the problems that you're facing as a small business owner to help you leap ahead and to achieve that extreme business growth that is available to you. If you go to biggerbrightbowler.co.uk forward slash fast track, you'll see the link there as well as the webinar masterclass waiting for you. In the descriptions, I'll put that link as well as links to other resources that can help you and support you on your onward journey in entrepreneurism. I'll see you next time when we'll be talking about stress, which goes hand in hand with this sense of overwhelm. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.